Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning. Good morning, beloved family. How are you doing? I pray that you're well. It's gorgeous and sunny in Tulsa. It wasn't last night, but it is this morning. And I, every time I see the beautiful sun, I always pray it's that way on your end too, but I know it's not always the case. That's for sure. But I always pray that the sun, the SON, is shining in your hearts and that you always know how much he loves you how much you are loved, not based on how pure, how holy, how obedient, how great a Catholic or non-Catholic you are. It's based on the fact that he's a God of love, and all you need to do to get love is get in God's way. But if we don't follow him, um, then if we don't follow the divine physician's orders, then we don't know his love that we really don't know his love that he we don't because we don't really love him and if if we don't love we're not able to really receive love you know uh, two people could I've seen it before a man and woman get married and in the example I'm thinking of the woman really doesn't love the man but she wants to be married but he would give his life for her and um does she feel love does his love make her whole absolutely it does not because because she doesn't love, she's not able to receive love, you see. And the measure of our love is the measure of our ability to receive love. And then we can give it. And then our hearts are open to love. But if we don't love, then our life is closed in like a dried up flower. And we're alone. Even though we could be loved by many people, we remain alone. Um so we need to be like the grain of wheat that Jesus said that unless it falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. So if you uh, do not love, if you have bitterness, you have resentment, you have hatred, uh, all of that in your heart, do you have reason to have it? Of course you have reason. Did our Lord Jesus have reason to ha- be hated, uh, to have hatred back and spit upon and nailed to the cross and scourged and called all kinds of names and rejected by the people he came to save? Did he have reason to be angry and bitter? And uh, was he abused? My goodness, yes. And yet he loved. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. Forgive them. And that's what we have to do. How do we do it? How do we get there? Well, I'm beginning to... Um, uh, give us a way to get there, um, or at least one way to suggest. And I mentioned to you that this past weekend, um, and I met many of you this past weekend at the Catholic Identity Conference in Pittsburgh, um, and I mentioned yesterday that uh, every speaker had a completely different talk, but based on, again, what's going on in the church and the way forward. And everyone, though they didn't coordinate before the conference and um, all of that, um, everyone had a um, 
uh, a way forward and all different suggestions, but um, the main suggestion from every speaker was we need to know our faith. We need to study and know our faith. And you say, come on. I mean, the, the church is teaching all kinds of heresy and, and, and at least the people in certain offices are and, uh, doing all kinds of debauchery and pagan worship and idol worship and saying heretical things and, 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 we the solution is for us to study our faith what are you talking about how do we put out those fires how do we move forward it's the only way to know our faith well i know my faith i've been catholic all my life but you may not know it deeply you may not really be living it fully so to say you know it and to not be living it um you know what the jewish people would say they're very pragmatic, and they'd say, no, 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 I will tell you what you believe by how you live. So if they see that you're always fighting with your husband or abusing your spouse or have disrespectful children, if your children are disrespectful in school or on the streets, or they're going to know that things are not right at home, that you're not raising your children correctly because there are problems. So... Um, uh, we don't we don't live our faith because of um, the world and other times. We live it because we've been given the vocation of raising our children in the faith. And thinking about that yesterday, I found something. I just lost the link, and so here I am. I'm looking it up again. I've got it. I've got it. Um, what uh, Dr. Taylor Marshall, who was one of the speakers, and I have a great admiration for him, um, he's a, such a good man and has raised eight children, is raising them, and beautiful wife, and uh, Taylor Marshall on the internet uh, has an academy, and Thomas Aquinas, and all kinds of beautiful teaching, and uh, live programming, and just beautiful. So um, you'll be safe to listen to Dr. Taylor Marshall. And what he recommended that we begin with, to put out the fire, to to carve a path through the idolatry, the heresy, the apostasy, the paganism that we are being shown in our church by those appointed by God to lead us. Um, how to do that, he said, is get the Baltimore Catechism and read it and renew the faith again. And many of us uh, were not raised. I certainly wasn't raised on the Baltimore Catechism. I was raised in the synagogue. But even coming into the Catholic Church, I've never read the Baltimore Catechism, though I got copies of it and have skimmed it a little bit. Um, some of you were raised on the Baltimore Catechism. I would say most of this generation uh, has not been, not, maybe a good percentage have, but most have not. And so he said, go to it. It's simple, and it has the questions with the answers, and you can renew your faith deep, deeply again. And he said, when you go through the Baltimore Catechism, step two is to get the Council of Trent. And he's right. And I'll tell you, when I came into the church, our current uh, new catechism was not out in, it was just published, but not in English yet. So I got the Council of Trent to help me into the church. And I do have the new catechism, but I recommend also with Dr. Taylor Marshall, the Council of Trent. In fact, listening to Father Ripiger, some of you know him, 
um, his number one catechism is the catechism explained. So it is the Council of Trent, but with teaching on every point. It's called the Catechism Explained, and I recommend highly that you would try to get a copy of that. But I was thinking that together, as of today, we could begin to learn our faith from scratch. Don't worry about what's going on. Pray for it. Pray for the Holy Father. Pray for the conversion of everyone in the Vatican, um, the, the magisterium, our bishops, priests. And when you uh, have a good bishop, because there are many good bishops and, and thousands of good priests, um, when you, uh, if a bishop is silent through all this, I can't say if he's good or not, because the fact of being silent is already not good. Um, a bishop needs to protect not himself but his sheep. And if a bishop is silent, the sheep are left without direction and they're left in utter confusion. So a bishop who is silent, I cannot say, uh, is a good bishop uh, because we cannot know that. A bishop is good when he lays down his life for his sheep, um, not let the sheep fend for themselves. And so it's not enough to teach truth we must teach against error as well. And so I was going to um, start with us, the catechism, and I'll go through it with you for the first time in my life. I'm very excited. And uh, Dr. Taylor Marshall began with, you know, what is man? Who? Why did God make us? And he made us to, um, I have to read this now, to love him and serve him in this world and be happy with him in the next, um, forever in heaven. And so I was looking for the set of catechisms I know I purchased some years back, and I wasn't able to find them because our books are in a bit of disarray on this end. Um, So I looked it up online, Baltimore Catechism Online, and it said, um, let's see, um... It was first written in 1891, and it says Baltimore Catechism Number 1, Lesson First on the End of Man. Well, when you read Lesson First, you know that it's an old, old edition, because we wouldn't say Lesson First or Lesson the First. We'd say First Lesson or Lesson 1 today. We've simplified everything. So Lesson First, I knew already was old. And the first question is, Who made the world? God made the world. Who is God? Uh, I'm reading these first four points for a reason. God is the creator of heaven and earth, and of all things, what is man? Man is a creature composed of body and soul, and made to the image and likeness of God. Why did God make you? Uh, God made me to know him, to love him, and to serve him in this world, to be happy with him forever in heaven. But I also saw the catechism um, in under other websites or titles, and I clicked on one. And here is lesson one of the old catechism. Um, and it begins on the lesson on the end of man. Now, I have to keep switching screens on this. Um, so it is on the end of man. Well, the first question 
is who made the world, God made the world, and then who made us, God, and why did he make us? But in this one, it's also on the end of man. But it has a note to start with, and it says, question number 126, 126, is the correct beginning of the Baltimore Catechism. Um, And it's the lesson on the end of man. And question 126 in the Baltimore Catechism, I think, third volume, is this question. What do we mean by the end of man? I absolutely love this. And the answer is this. By the end of man, quote, unquote, end of man, we mean the purpose for which he, man, was created, namely, to know, love, and serve God. Now, I want to tell you the huge difference in this, in my mind, the huge difference. One of the problems we have in the church, and absolutely in society, is our me-centered society. It's all about me, what I believe, what I have the right to do, the things that I deserve. Uh, it's all about me, what I choose, what I believe, what I, 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 I. And it's sick. It has raised a sick civilization, both within and without the church. It, it, is, it is wrong because it doesn't fit with why we were made. Because it's centered on us. Now listen to the difference in this question. Why did God make you? Okay, why did God make you? You could say, well, that's focused on God. It's asking a question about God. No, it's focused on you. Why did he make you? Oh, me? Well, God made me. Here's the answer. God made me to know him, to love him, to serve him in this world, to be happy with him forever in heaven. Me, I'm the focus. Now listen to the older catechism version. The question is, what do we mean by the end of man? And nobody says, well, what about woman? Because we understand that man, God made man and made him male and female. We understand that man and mankind cover humanity. We understand that. We don't have to say people and persons and uh, men and women. We don't have to fool around with all that. We understand what God did. And it's the language of scripture. So listen to this. What do we mean by the end of man? Now, think about talking to your children and you say to them, why did God make you? Now, of course, they may know the answer, or if you didn't teach in the Baltimore Catechism, they may guess him. They may guess at the answer. Uh, And they may guess at pretty good answers. But why did God make you? And the question, the focus is on them. It's me. It's all about me. Why did God make me? Listen to this question instead. What do we mean by the end of man? That takes a child or an adult out of themselves. The end of man. The end. To what end was he made? What for? And I'll tell you, from the time I personally was 10 years old, I I had that question. I never knew about Catholicism or Christianity in my Jewish upbringing. I never knew it. Uh, I never knew who Christ was. We weren't even allowed to say his name. Uh, Nothing. But 
at 10, I said, why am I here? Why is mankind, I use that term, why are people, why is why are human beings, why is mankind, that's what I asked, on this earth? What for? Why are we here? At, at, and I knew I was going to school, and I knew that you grow up, and you fall in love, and you have families, and you have children, and there's all these things, and you can study different areas, and you can have careers. But for what? But for what? And ever since 10 years old, I, no one has ever been given able to give me an answer until I came into Christianity. I never knew why I was here. I never knew. There was no answer. Um, um, no answer. And I've had, I was close to marriage and all of that kind of stuff. And I said, but then what? Then what? Then, okay, I'll love and I'll be loved and we'll have a family and curtains on the kitchen window and white picket fence and everything's going to be a little fairy tale. Except the need of my heart to know what our purpose is on earth. It, it can't be fulfilled in other people or temporary circumstances. Why are we here? And I knew God created us, but but what is the purpose? To what end? It, n- nobody could ever answer me. And I, I hardly ever asked anyone. I just paid attention in school and conversations and things I read. Nothing ever filled it. Nothing ever filled it. I lived my whole life with emptiness, meaninglessness, purposelessness. And I ran two companies in New York, and I, I, was, I had marriage proposals, and I had a very uh, busy social life, and I, I, I rode horses, I played tennis, I did all kinds of things. But I had an empty heart. When I went home and closed the door, why am I alive? Why are we here? And so I, I was plagued by that until I learned about who God is. And the fact is that Judaism did not end with the last Old Testament book. It was fulfilled. It never ended. It was fulfilled. Jesus said, I didn't come to abolish, but to fulfill the law. And he was the law's fulfillment. And if he fulfilled the law... It no longer exists. It's no longer in effect. It can't save anybody, and the fact is it never could. It was only meant to point us to the one who could, the lawgiver himself, Jesus Christ. So my life, when I, when God opened my heart and my eyes to see that, I was a Martian on planet Earth the next morning. I was, a, I was just what the scriptures say, a new creation in Christ. Old things pass away, all things become new. The world made sense, I made sense, things made sense, and they began to take on their their right place and their right meaning. So I, I didn't intend to go into all of that, but uh, I did. And so here's the first question. The correct beginning of the Baltimore Catechism number three, the correct, and it's question 126, and it's the subject of the lesson. The title of the lesson is On the End of Man. And the first question is, what do we mean by the end of man? That seems logical if you're teaching a kindergartner. You've given them a question, the end of man. What do you mean the end? The top of his head, the bottom of his feet, the the extinction of mankind? What do you mean the end of man? What does it even mean? 
And so that's the first question. It's the correct beginning. What do we mean by the end of man? I'm not going to spend this time on each question, but I read that and it changed my heart. I started reading the other questions in the bold, why did God make you? And I said, okay, we'll go through this is good, but it's going to be a little boring. Now, why did I think that? Because I know so much about the faith? No, because it's centered on me. I don't want to learn about me. I want to learn about God and my place with him. It's his purpose for making us. And so when I read this, my whole heart lit up. What do we mean by the end of man? We could never, if we live a thousand lifetimes, plumb the depth of that. But here is the simple, magnificent answer. By the end of man, we mean the purpose for which he, not me, the purpose for I, which I was created, why did God make you? The purpose for he, man, mankind, that's me, that's you, that's everyone who exists. But it's not a me-centered focus. It's a God-centered focus. By the end of man, we mean the purpose for which he, man, was created. Namely, to know, love, and serve God. You see? And if your children can say, I know the purpose for which we were created. Not I, not just me, but mankind. I'm part of mankind. I'm my brother's keeper. I'm part of God's plan. It's, it's, it, I, you, you may say, Mother Miriam, what on earth are you so excited about? I don't see the difference. Well, it, that's okay. But God's grace, with that one question, penetrated my heart and changed everything. And it didn't change it from what I knew. It it put the whole me-centered updating of things in perspective. I was so thrilled. I ran out and showed it to my sister here and, and just was so excited. And she saw it right away. And she knew the Baltimore Catechism. And she saw it right away. And she loved it. Now, number question number two. How do you know that man was created for God alone? Listen to the question. I know that man, listen to the answer rather. I know that man was created for God alone because everything in the world was created for something more perfect than itself. But there is nothing in the world more perfect than man in the world, right? Nothing in the world more perfect than man. And I'm adding this comment, man's God's highest creation. Therefore, he was created for something outside this world. And since he was not created for the angels who are outside this world, he must have been created for God. Look at that. Your little children become theologians. And they have an answer. They have an answer, as as St. Peter writes, to have an answer for the hope that is within you. It's, it's not just to memorize an answer, but it's to understand the answer with reasoning and, and not just be able to repeat something, but to have understanding. I am so 
thrilled about this, and I just brought it up yesterday because I was looking for the Baltimore Catechism for us to go through it together. I am, I cannot tell you how happy I am with this. And I'll tell you something else that I found. There's a book, Frank Sheed uh, was uh, one of the greatest apologists. He's no longer alive, I think two centuries ago. One of the greatest apologists the church has ever known. He married Maisie Ward, and together they f- they formed the publishing house Sheed and Ward. And absolutely, absolutely fantastic. Just tremendous. So when I see the name Frank Sheed, um, I, I look to see what it is. Well, I've had this old used book on my shelf in fact, I, if, I hope my brother's not listening because I may have stole it from his shelf uh, when, he be, when I became Catholic. I don't remember this. But the title is Society and Sanity. And it begins by talking about this without mentioning the Baltimore Catechism. Because if we are insane, to be sane is to see reality, to see things as they are. And if you listen to the, the presidential debates... There's not one of them who's sane, not one individual who is morally sane, meaning that they see things as they are. They don't deal with reality. They deal with their view, with distorted views, but they're not dealing with reality. And so society becomes insane as it's quickly becoming. I'm going to combine these two together and you'll see how magnificent. I'm telling you, it'll deepen your faith. It'll change your life, and it's changing mine. I love it. So there's the music for our break, beloved. We'll continue with this tomorrow. St. Francis de Sales said, Never miss an opportunity to do good. Placing a Catholic radio bumper magnet on your car is an opportunity to do good in the lives of others, whether they're drivers or passengers. Order your free bumper magnets at thestationofthecross.com. Just click on the Promote tab at the top of our website. We'd be happy to send bumper magnets for your listening area so that others can come to know the Lord. That's thestationofthecross.com and click on the Promote tab. Thank you for sharing Catholic Radio on the road. Are you having a hard time keeping up with all that's going on these days in the Vatican? Did you know that LifeSite puts out a monthly print news magazine in beautiful full color? Our magazine, Faithful Insight, gives you all the most important coverage from Rome and lets you read it away from the computer, phone, or tablet. It summarizes dozens of new happenings down to the essentials, but provides full analysis on all the most important developments. Faithful Insight brings you the coverage of the Vatican that you know and expect from LifeSite in a different form. It has received high praise from cardinals, bishops, priests, and faithful who want to stay abreast of the most crucial battle in our time, the battle for the soul of the Church. Subscribe today at FaithfulInsight.com and may God bless you.
Tune in weekdays from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern for Sermons for Everyday Living, a program that brings you real sermons from real priests on topics important to you and your faith. Visit thestationofthecross.com for details. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live, beloved And as our announcer just said, you are free to call in or feel free to call in with anything at all on your heart. Toll free or text 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. We have a whole half hour together and I'm going to take your calls and your emails and your text. And we're going to begin with an email that I was not able to complete yesterday at the end of the program and it's from jason and i'll read it from the beginning Uh, mother miriam god bless you and find you a home for your ministry thank you so much dear jason he says hold on now hold on (coughs) jason says i'm in a difficult spot being the only practicing catholic in my family My parents fell away and divorced when I was young. My mother has since remarried. They both do not practice any faith. And my mother instinctively rejects all form of Christian piety, with a few exceptions. My father has been a far worse detriment to both me and my half-sister, who has never been exposed to the faith aside from those who reviled her from falling into homosexuality. Being a revert to the faith and repentant from that lifestyle myself, I understand her fully. The strain I am having is from a desire to fulfill the obligations of filial piety. I turned away from pursuing life as a minister. Now, I think this was in his Protestant years as a minister at my mother's behest because she wanted me to, quote-unquote, see the world first. So I joined the army to fulfill my desire to serve. I spent 20 years as a Protestant evangelical before returning home to Catholicism, having adventured through the many layers of a hellscape and finally realized my beliefs were always Catholic and that I was rejecting God All the years I thought he was rejecting me. Now I want nothing more than to pursue the life of a religious and do whatever I can to bring souls home to Christ. But like Thomas Merton, I've soiled my reputation to the point of becoming a scandal if I pursued ordination. I don't know what path to embark on. And my mother is still very fearful of me pursuing life in Christ. I want to be with Christ. I need to be of service. That was always part of my being. But with a dishonorable discharge, after 16 years of service and a sex offense on my record, I don't know what to do now. Please help me with love in Christ. And he ends while incarcerated. I experienced a pain 
like broken glass being pressed into my skull with a voice telling me, quote, bring my people home, end quote. I know the voice and I know the people he was talking about. I just don't know how. My heart is breaking because of it. Okay, Jason, this to me, dearest, is not complicated. I know you're going through turmoil, but to me it is absolutely clear that God has called you. It is absolutely clear that he's brought you to himself and back to the church um, through a life of very difficult uh, circumstances and sin, but he's brought you home and put in the desire, put the desire in your heart to live with him and for him and for his people forever. And so here's the path I would take. Uh, do not um, worry about your mother. Where, where was your statement here? Um, <clears throat> My mother is still very fearful of me pursuing life in Christ. If you spend 20 years as a Protestant evangelical and you were, uh, I don't know how old you are now, but you're certainly free to do what God is calling you to. And your mother may be fearful and you could say, Mom, if you'd only give your life to Christ, you wouldn't be fearful. You would be praying for me that God would use me and restore my life to him. Um, you're fearful because you don't know God and you don't know his love. But I must serve him, Mom. He's called me, he's brought me back, and I must serve him. So you can pray for me, I will pray for you, and I must do that. Don't be afraid. You, you cannot let your mother stop you, no matter what she says, no matter how fearful she is. You must not let that stand in the way. That would not be of God. <clears throat> And you want nothing more than to pursue the life of a religious um, and whatever you can to bring souls home to Christ. Um, but uh, you're afraid of um, uh, dishonoring God because of the life you've lived. You know, um, we have a, volumes of Butler's uh, Lives of the Saints. And if you were to go through that, I have no idea how many saints uh, that you that have been canonized that you would pick out of there. You could make a whole different volume. You could say an excerpt from the four volumes of Butler's Lives of Saints of those saints who lived lives of debauchery uh, and scandal prior to coming back to Christ. You could make it probably half of those four volumes. And we love it. Because we love to see what God has saved people from. We can't see hell, but we see lives that are on their way to hell because they've rejected God. And again, not because of what they've done. It's because in doing those things, they reject God. And so uh, that's the glory of God, that you could give witness to the fact that he came to save sinners, such as, oh, he could never save me. But of course he can. And then you're worried about all of a sudden you're becoming a priest or uh, someone that's serving God. Yeah, right, right. With your background, that's right with my background. It'd be part of your story Um, that God brings us up from the lowest pit. And there's nothing that's impossible for God and no life too sinful, too debased that God cannot 
utterly make into a new creation, utterly to serve him forever. And so um, you have the exact background to show the love and the power of Christ toward fallen humanity, toward us sinners. It's, it's wonderful, Jason. So, oh dear, I have another suggestion, so I'm going to give that to you and anyone else who uh, knows uh, people that, that need help like Jason or suggestions right after the break. And in the interim, uh, please feel free to call in toll-free 1-877-511-5483 or... Uh, email. I forgot that. Email at mother at the station of the cross.com. We'll be right back. If you're new to iCatholic Radio, welcome to the free mobile app of the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. It's available for download on your Android and Apple mobile devices. If you have any questions about your new app, please contact us at thestationofthecross.com or 1-877-888-6279. That's thestationofthecross.com or 1-877-888-6279. Through your new app, you can listen to podcasts of shows, conference talks, and prayers. View our programming grid, call us directly, and check out our mobile website. You can even learn how you can promote iCatholic Radio in your community. Connect with us through social media and financially support the programming you love. That's all available on your iCatholic Radio mobile app. Thank you for joining our iCatholic Radio family, proclaiming the fullness of truth with clarity and charity. Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is in a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment together. <clears throat> we do have um, uh, Lauren and uh, Betty on the line. Um, hold on, you dear souls. <clears throat> I want to suggest one more thing for Jason. 
in his uh, in his email. Jason, um, you've got several, a few paths you can choose. You certainly can become a priest. You need to know yourself. That's the the first step in any spiritual growth program. We need to know ourselves. We come to know ourselves by knowing God and seeing ourselves in relation to Him. Some people with a um, uh, a background like yours um, would enter the priesthood out of a goodwill and but not be able to handle the popularity or success, so to speak, like uh, one priest that many of us know of that fell and also came from a life of debauchery. But he fell greatly because popularity and pride uh, really got to him and he turned from God it was terrible um, so you need to know yourself and uh, there's a few ways to go the first step is if you do not have a, a spiritual director find a holy 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 uncompromising knowledgeable mature priest to be your spiritual director let him guide you because God will speak through him to you. God has already spoken to you directly and he will guide you through a holy priest. He will. Um, and so either to become a priest or to become a lay person, uh, giving your whole life in the world, serving, um, or uh, maybe entering a religious order, even though you have a huge desire to serve, uh, even heroically, a cloistered religious order. Because then you put your arms around the world 24-7 by your life of cloister and prayer. And that is really a great, great, great sacrifice. And you'll be a religious. And you will be serving uh, not by what you physically do, but because of what you physically become, you've given your entire life as an offering to God and you live in reparation in that cloister and in service to God and in your brothers there for the rest of your life. It's a huge act of heroism and sacrifice, but God may not be calling you to that. So there is the religious life that's possible for you. There is the priesthood. There is service as a missionary, a layman, uh, so many, so many things. There's an, a wonderful order in Peru, um, missionaries of the poor of the third millennium. The founder, a very wonderful priest, is still alive. They are uh, almost miraculous how they've grown, and people can go and, and live there with them, lay people, and serve serve the poor, serve, build houses for them, do everything. There's so many opportunities. Don't worry about what any people will think. God is your guide now. God has given you orders to bring his people home. And if you know specifically what that people is, that has to be your life. And let's say it's your mom. Let's say it's your own family. Um, your mom who's afraid of your um giving your life to Christ. I tell you, um, entering the cloister and praying and giving up everything uh, for the sake of their salvation is a very 
fantastic thing, but you need to be called to it. So get a good Holy Spirit director. Do not doubt God is calling you. Do not doubt he wants your entire life 24-7, and he it is who has put the desires in your heart. It's clear to me, Jason, just go forward and get a good and holy priest. Okay. Lauren is on the line. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Mother Miriam. How are you? I'm wonderful, and thanks so much for holding on. Oh, no problem. What's your question, sweetie? First, I'd like to say that I just absolutely love you, and you've helped me so much in my conversion, and I thank you. Oh, blessed Um, be God forever, Lauren. Okay. Um, So I was raised in the Novus Ordo all my life, and um, I fell away from the church for nine years. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't until I, um, after we got married and I became pregnant, as when um, I felt, I guess the Lord was calling me to get my marriage blessed and to get my act together. Okay. And um, uh, so I've been raising my daughter in the Novus Ordo. I never knew there was such a thing as a Latin Mass until I started listening to you. Um, a year ago, and um, I I still haven't gone, but um, I I just, I looked into and did some research, and I saw, like, the reverence, and and it's just so beautiful, and I just want her to experience it as well, and we've recently, we've been doing Wearing the Veil, and I receive on my knee. um, God bless you. Like, nobody nobody else at the Novus Ordo does this. And I I want her to see the reverence. And so I'm kind of torn because my husband is not Catholic. and But he comes to church with us every Sunday. And um, so I'm wondering, like, if I try to switch to go to Latin Mass, which is an hour away, and I only have it at one time, um, I know my husband won't come with us. Mm -hmm. So should I just keep going to the Novus Ordo and raise her in that? Or should I... Just not take my husband with us. I don't oh, know. That's really do. rough. Um, does your husband have any faith at all? <clears throat> yeah, uh, he, we sometimes we pray together and um, we talk about God all the time. He just, he's like, he, he I don't really know. He doesn't, he's not really a specific re- religion. He just um, does whatever we do, but he doesn't receive or anything. Uh, was he baptized? He to be kept. Yes, ma'am, he was. He was okay. baptized as um, Has he uh, experienced... So he has never even gone to the Latin Mass, because you've never gone. Right, yes, ma'am. Okay. <clears throat> this is this is a bit rough. And how is your life at home, the fact that he's not Catholic? Are you... Uh, does he counter the things you would do with your daughter and the life you would live and your speech of God? Is it a negative effect at home, or does he respect it? He respects it. He's actually amazing. We pray together every night. Um, he lets <clears> me uh, read the Bible to her, a teacher, the catechism. He let me do anything Good. Uh, as long as Catholic. He agreed that we'll raise her Catholic, and that's exactly what we're doing. Okay. Um, how does your husband know he does not like the Latin Mass if he's not been to it? Well, I had mentioned it a while back, and he's like, why would you want to go to Latin Mass? It's a dead language, and you won't even know, uh, you won't understand it. That's yeah, one that's of good. Reasons. Don't counter him. <clears throat> Say you're exactly right, sweetheart. 
And that's why I want to go. Latin is a dead language, which is why it's the language of the church. English and other vernacular, they keep changing and updating. But because Latin is dead, it's a, it's it's always been the language of the church. But because it's dead, it doesn't keep evolving. It doesn't keep changing. It's set. And so Catholics if they go to Latin Mass, can go anywhere in the world, and they don't have to speak French or Italian or Portuguese or anything else. They know what's happening because it's in the same language. It's the universal church anywhere we go. That's the positive aspect of it, sweetheart. You've got that right. That's right. However, I don't use Telemite. You don't understand Latin either, and most people of this generation do not. But they, the Mass is in booklets, with Latin on one side and English on the other. So anybody who's never even been to the Latin Mass um, uh, can uh, follow the entire Mass and all the prayers in English. And you can say that on Sunday, uh, after the Gospel and the, the Scriptures are read, uh, the priest goes to the podium, he rereads the Scriptures <clears throat> uh, in English, and he gives a homily in English. And so, uh, and so you could say, sweetheart, you know, we, we have a lot of misconceptions when we don't know something, when we only, uh, go by hearsay or what we've read or what we've been told or what we thought. But I want to respect your wishes and I want us to stay together as a family. But I ask you to respect or at least honor my wish, sweetheart. Neither of us have been to a Latin Mass. And again, you can follow the whole thing in English, um, and then the, the homily and the scriptures will be reread in English. Um, let's, for my sake, honey, let, you, you're coming with us to the Novus Ordo, but I, I, um, I would really like you to sacrifice one Sunday and, or, or a month of Sundays, and let's go to the Latin Church. You know, I know it's an hour away, it's a long drive, but we can pray on the way and back, we could sing songs, we could, you know, listen to a good Christian tape, something like that, and just very calmly say, uh, you know, I want to go and you don't want to go, and yet nine of us have been. Maybe if we both go, I won't want to go and you will. You know, let's go, sweetheart. Do it for my birthday. Do it as an early Christmas gift to me, and and I ask you to come. Yes, ma'am. Does that sound possible? That. Yeah. Say, you know, I, uh, yeah. what I want, what I'd love for Christmas, and you have to bring it up at the right time, and, and discuss these things, and say, you know, I found out you were right, it is a dead language, and that's why the Catholic Church has adopted it, because it's it's the language of all time and the whole world, and it stays the same, and everybody knows what they're talking about. It's not dead because it's died out. It's, it's very much alive that way. It's the language of the church. It's the language of scholars. Um, it just doesn't change. That's why it's called dead, because it it's solid and it's set. So give him that information, and at a, at a good moment maybe a little closer to Christmas, say to him, sweetheart, um, you know what I'd really love for Christmas, even though I shouldn't be asking you for anything? Um, I would love for you to sacrifice and take both of us. Let he, Don't you take him. Take me and our daughter to the Latin Mass one Sunday. 
at least one Sunday. So you and I can both experience uh, what we want and don't want and do it from a little a place of more experience and intelligence than just refuting it. Do you think he might go for something like that? Um, I can try. <laughs> I can try. Okay. I mean, I've been praying for him for a long time, and I mean, I'm still surprised that he comes with us to church every Sunday. So it's a wonderful thing. Progress. It's It's an absolutely wonderful thing. So just be loving... Be extremely patient. Don't let any impatience or urgency or complaint show in your voice at all. Because God is not that way with us. Look at how long you were away from the church. Look at your state at the point that you married. And still, God brought you back. How many years has he waited for you? Be patient and loving. Be Christ to your husband. Yes, ma'am. Okay, Lauren. Thank Nobody so can refuse. Father. Nobody can refuse love and acceptance for very long. Okay, God bless you. We have Betty on the line. Hi, Betty. Good morning, Mother. Hi, Please sweetheart. Thank you, you for holding on wife. too, sweetie. Go ahead. I, I think you are wonderful. Thank wonderful. you, Betty. Thank wonderful. you, sweet. <laughs> Three you wonderfuls. I love it. Thank you, Betty. You sweetheart. Somebody is not going to like what you were saying. The Pope will hear what you say. You said he is with the Antichrist. The Antichrist. My husband said, I want to listen to this mother. We get up and early in the morning to make sure we will get you on time here in the Quincy, Louisiana. At nine o'clock in the morning. Beautiful, Betty. I God bless you, my sister. Yes, sweetheart. Well, do you? I, I, let me just tell I you ask. this, honey. Let me just tell you that um, this is awful. I know because you've been holding on so long. But um, in um, ten seconds, the closing music of the program is going to begin, sweetheart. Uh, so whatever your question is, we're probably going to be interrupted. There's the music, honey. I'm so sorry. Would you be able to call back tomorrow? Yes, I'll call back tomorrow. Okay, I apologize. I'll call back early Good. and hold on and wait for you. Yeah. Well, you know what? If I see you call early, now you can call at at you know after the first break, and I'll take your call before anybody else. All right, Betty. God bless you, sweetheart. And um, I'll speak with you in the morning, and everyone else will speak with you tomorrow. God bless you. <laughs> 